Welcome to Doggy Dish, where two of LA's best dog trainers serve up a hearty helping of dog topics. At the end of this podcast, we'll provide information on how to contact our trainers. And now, here they are. Hi, this is Laura Berhani from Animal Attraction Unlimited. Welcome to another podcast. And I'm Kim Reinhart with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. And today, we decided to talk a little bit about bringing a puppy into your home. And, and getting a, a new puppy and, and all the things puppy All things related. puppy. Yes. All Including things puppy breath, which I love. Oh, which is the most wonderful thing. I do know people who don't like puppy breath, by the way. You're kidding me. See, I, I've, always, I've always said that when you go to the car wash and they ask you if you want new car smell, they should have puppy breath as an option. <laughs> I have a would friend you, that insists. Would you like cherry, new car, or puppy breath? I'll say puppy breath, thank you. I have a friend that insists it's just sour milk, but I don't know. Hey, whatever you know what? Special. The guy... <laughs> The, the technician at my vet clinic says it's worm farts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough about that. <laughs> we got sour milk and worm farts. Okay, we're, we're off of that now. Okay, enough of this. Um, uh, one of the things that, that I wanted to start with is talking about when to get a new puppy. And I know that if you go into the books... And you look at the suggestions there. What's what's their usual suggestion? Seven to twelve weeks is when the dog should go into the new. Is when the puppy should go into the new home, which is the socialization period. Okay, so that sounds nice. But at the same time, you look in the same book, and it says that the fear imprint period is between eight and eleven weeks, and the puppy should not be introduced to new things that could be scary. Oh, interesting. So that's a little. Yeah, that's a little. Well, confusing. Socialize them, don't scare them. That's good advice. That's yeah, actually a good thing. Yeah, it's, but, it's but going difficult. into a new home can be kind of stressful. It can be scary. And if the dog goes into the new home in between that time and, you know, you vacuum and do the normal things that usually go on in your house, you don't know that could be scary. Right. Well, actually, it's interesting that you and I are going to have this discussion or that we're going to be doing this together. And I think maybe it's a good it's a good mix because you're very, very caught up on, on reading about this stuff and what what the common knowledge is out there that's been written. I'm going to come more from the position of... Having raised a litter of puppies. And not only having raised a litter of puppies, but but having a very good friend who raises litters of puppies and having been involved in that a lot and having gotten a lot of puppies in my life. Um, So I'm going to come from it from a little bit different angle and from my own experience. And for me, personally, when I'm going to get a puppy, um, if I can... First of all, I re- research very carefully. I check into the temperament type or temperament of the dogs that I'm getting. I want to I want to meet the mother and father. I want to know about the line of dogs that I'm getting. But in addition to that, I also want to know what is the size of the litter, mm-hmm. and are these dogs going to be kept with their mother and and litter mates? And then if they are, my preference is to not get a, a puppy before they're 10 weeks old. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like to get them between the 10 and 12 week mark. Right. And why is that? You know, they're having raised a litter. I mean, I, I always felt this way, and because I always felt that they came to me a little bit more well-rounded, mm-hmm. a little more confident. Because they were able to spend more time with other puppies as a litter and their mom. Absolutely. Right. Having having watched puppies in my home and having having raised this litter of puppies, I will tell you that there are experiences that they have with each other and with their mother that cannot be simulated in a in any other way. Right, even if even if they're going into a home that has another adult dog or other dogs in it, they're not going to get the same experience as they would interacting with their siblings? It's not, because it's all age-appropriate. Right. If you have a litter, I had a litter of seven puppies, and those seven puppies all related like the whatever age they were at. Right. And so they all related to each other on that same level in that age-appropriate way. And, of course, mom, I, my 
my dog Willow was a really lovely mother, but she was she always related to them in a very appropriate manner. So everything that she did was designed to help them understand how to negotiate the world, to help them understand how you know when she was drawing limits, to help them be better dogs and help them learn how to relate well as dogs. Mm-hmm. And I think as a result of that interaction, they come out better prepared to deal with all of the, you know, new things that they encounter in life. And certainly they come out better prepared to deal with other dogs. Right. Um, and and it really changes their social behavior that way. Mm-hmm. But it also helps them gain confidence. Right. Because when they are with their litter mates and they're doing all of the social interaction and it's all perfect, it's what I call perfect social right. interaction. Because right. Because it's all it all meshes together very, very, very well. And so they build confidence in that period of time. There's not overwhelming experiences or, or things. Like if you brought a new puppy into a house with an older dog, that older dog may or may not help that puppy really understand about dog behavior. It depends. Is it appropriate? Depends on that. Right. Right. Does it know how to teach those lessons? Is it does it have good judgment itself? Does that dog have ju- good judgment mm-hmm. itself? And will it, and like you said, will it be appropriate? Meaning, will it just turn around and give the dog, you know, give the puppy evil eye, like, ow, don't bite me with those, you know, sharp, tiny teeth. Like mama would Like do. that, right. Or is it going to go from zero to 100 very quickly and actually really go after the puppy and be inappropriate, in which case the puppy is now learning. Oh, overreaction is normal. Inappropriate overreaction is normal. For me, I like to see a dog kept in its litter. Now, having said that, that's assuming that whoever you're getting the puppy from is keeping a number of puppies, not just one puppy by itself. Right. Because then it might as well be in your home if it's going to be not having those really important interactions. If the, if the breeder understands that you don't just raise a puppy in a backyard and never do anything with them, that you actually have to give them outside experiences and that you actually have to... Take um, them out in the world and yes. socialize them. Yes. Let them be around people. Bring mm-hmm. people in. If you're not going to be taking them out a lot, you need to be bringing people in. You need to be getting them accustomed to strange sounds mm-hmm. and different different sights. They can't just be in the same four walls all the time. And and this can be challenging, by the way. I had seven puppies. It's challenging to get them out, but you have to do it. You have well, to but also, I know that you, Kim, you used also a number of CDs. They have sound CDs now that you can get the dog used to sounds. So sounds from the outside world, even if you can't take seven puppies that are four weeks old out into the real world, you can bring the sounds of the real world into your home with some of these sound CDs. There's sound CDs. You can make noises around your house. You can run the the, uh, the vacuum, vacuum cleaner, cleaner and smack pots and make noise with cups and dishes. And There are lots and lots of things that you can do to make sound that will teach the puppy, especially the puppy in a comfortable situation where its mother is there and not reacting to things. Well, because the puppy will look towards its mom. I knew if, if it hears something that startles it, they, you know, they have a startle response, they're going to go, oh my God, what was that? They're going to look at the mom, and if the mom's going, ah, relax, it was nothing, then the puppy's going to go, oh, okay. We don't, we don't react to that. Right. It's, it's not anything big. And as a matter of fact, we just passed the 4th of July. And as far as I know, all those dogs got through 4th of July because right. like it didn't And one of, one of the CDs you had was a 4th of July, was right. of fireworks. Right. So if you can, leave that dog in a, in a really perfect situation with a breeder that's savvy enough to do the job that needs to be done with them, that's great. But if you're going to take a puppy at a young age, I know that the books say 7 to 12 weeks. I think no puppy should leave before 8 weeks. It's just... An, an incredible amount. If you sit and you watch during that period of time, every day brings a new lesson. It's amazing right. how much information they absorb. So if you take that puppy home and you don't really know what you're doing, 
they can they're missing out a lot that's right well and not only that that sponge is still still active so they can be absorbing things that aren't that great for them missing out on the things that really could help them understand how to negotiate life as a dog well also you know we talk a lot about bite inhibition how a dog learns how hard a bite is too hard whether it's to a person or another dog or whatever and that's one of the reasons that little puppies have such sharp teeth they have really really sharp teeth with very little jaw strength so that when they're playing when they're rolling around in their litter of puppies and they're playing and they're mouthing on each other the other puppy is going to let them know or the mom is going to let them know ow that's too hard so the puppy learns that bite inhibition they learn how hard is too much pressure right so that by the time they have greater jaw strength and duller teeth that they know how much jaw strength is too hard and, and not too hard and that's why when puppy when a puppy comes into your house and they're mouthing on you they need to do that so that you can give them information they need to learn that bite inhibition and it's amazing they go through a period where they are just little uh, mouthing little fiends oh yeah, they just, oh yeah my mom's dog was like that there was nothing this dog didn't i mean as soon as he would come out of his his crate his his jaws would clamp down on my sweater and just not let go he was probably the worst mouther ever but you know what all of my dogs are rescue dogs i'm sure that nobody put in a whole lot of effort on teaching these dogs not to mouth yet none of none of them mouth who can put in a lot of effort is littermates but that's what i tell people is that you know what you have a puppy and the puppy is mouthing and the mouthing is there for a purpose you don't want to stop it you can give the puppy information but the the mouthing will go away despite what you do it will go away on its own you know the mouthing part of it but you still need to do something to educate the dog on how hard is too hard to bite well you know what for when i was raising the babies at my house mm-hmm. they went through a period where they truly were piranhas and i have to say i did teach them that i didn't want to be mouthed but i taught them without stopping them from mouthing they mm-hmm. would mouth ow that didn't that didn't work for me they would back off and they would get what they wanted which is attention at times puppy mouth, puppies mouth for attention but i was so lucky because i had this helpmate in training them and that was their mother and their litter mates and they were so helpful in teaching these puppies about this and so we got through that period of time my first puppy didn't go until he, it, um, he was 10 weeks old that was my minimum that i was going to release the puppy at was 10 weeks old and by the time that they went, I think they really understood a lot about bite inhibition, mm-hmm. and they understood I was able to teach them a lot about about recalls. Mm-hmm. Even. So, so I want to talk a little bit about how when you bring that puppy home. So you've you've gotten through that whatever the period of time is. Please, just the message there is: don't take a puppy at five or six weeks old. Oh, yeah. It is too young. Your puppy has missed out on such important information. Right. And I don't care how hard you try. I'm a dog trainer. And this is what I do, and I have been endlessly interested in dogs for my entire life. I still could never do what the litter mates and mother did so perfectly. They're missing out on something that you can never get back. Absolutely. There's you, no way you can replicate it. Nope. Nope. You you can try, but you are, you are a, a pale imitation at very best. So let's say, though, that you've... you've decided on your dog breed you've decided on what you want to get you found your breeder you've you've waited the correct amount of time and you bring puppy home i think that there are some things that you can do to really help you raise that puppy to avoid some of the problems that people have with puppies i know i have a very good friend of mine who said oh when i first met her she was a client Mm -hmm. when i first met her and she said oh i I just don't want a puppy i never want to have a puppy oh my god that's so much work it's so much so it's difficult so this so that and i said you know 
Not if you learn how to do it right from the start. If you learn what you're doing from the start, actually, raising a puppy can be a lot of fun. And it's nice to know that you have that kind of influence over the dog. Well. That you can, the dog comes in, the puppy comes into your house, and that you are going to be able to shape him and his life and his behavior forever. Sure. One of the mis- one of the things that people worry about with getting a puppy is I I this is one of the things that my friends I mean this is a lot of the things I'm going to say now are things that I heard from my friend by the way she took two of my puppies <laughs> but but aside from that uh, one of her big concerns was you know I just don't want a dog that's chewing everything up all the time well okay so so when she when she started working with her puppies I said look here's how you deal with puppies and chewing things up. What I do is I take three or four items, maybe a shoe, an old shoe, and a sock, or whatever, and I and I put them around the house. They are purposely placed on the floor for mm-hmm. the puppy to come in contact with. And when the puppy goes over to touch, I, I tell him, no, no, leave it. And as soon as they turn to look at me, because they're surprised, what the heck is she talking about? Yay, what a good puppy! Okay, so that's half the battle. But the other the other half of the battle is teaching the puppy what it is that you do want to chew on. So right. What, what is what is this is dog stuff. This is not dog stuff. Right. And if you think about it, when when they're they're babies, that's a really tough thing to figure out. I mean, they get older and they learn about materials and such. But but when they're babies, everything on the floor everything looks like is a it toy. should be theirs. So one of the things that I have people do when they first bring a puppy home is I tell them when you bring puppy toys into the house, you only want to put down three to five puppy toys per day on the floor. You don't want to leave your your floor absolutely littered with puppy toys. But every single day, go through a ritual of giving those toys to the puppy. Whether it's saying, come on, here, here's your toy, get it, get it, and playing with that toy, and you do that and for making it Right, and gonna... pointing it out to the puppy. This is what you're allowed to play with, as opposed to just the sock that's lying on the floor. That's right. But if you give them, if you go through the ritual of giving them toys every morning, and then picking them up at night, and then let's say the puppy has... Okay, well, I, I'm one of those crazy people. If I get a puppy, I have probably 25 toys yes. or, or more. I was at I her house when she had the litter of puppies. <laughs> I've seen it. But She's not lying, but, folks. <laughs> but I go through the ritual of giving them the toys and making sure that I let them know every single day. And that's, so that's repeated day after day after day. Maybe I give five toys. You know, five toys today, and then tomorrow I give a different five toys. But I've picked up those old toys. So what happens is very quickly they start to realize, okay, the toys are the things that have been given to me. Those are the things that I'm allowed to chew. But on. something lying around on the floor is not says, wasn't ever given to me. So that's that's off limits because every time I approach those, I get a ah, nope, leave it. Okay, so very quickly they learn to determine to to figure out which which things are theirs. Now. When you have that dog as an older dog, you bring home something new that you're going to give the dog, and you present it to the dog, and the dog goes, aha, this is mine. Right. All the other things aren't mine. And so if you're like me and you're not the very best housekeeper in the whole wide world. (laughs) (laughs) Then you don't have to worry about things lying around. You things that fall on the floor, and it's not the end of the world. The The dog's not going to chew it up and take it under the bed and destroy it. Exactly. The other thing I think that it's really important when you have a, when you bring a new baby into the house is to start from the day that you bring the puppy home, start teaching the puppy about a recall. Yes. One of the most important behaviors your dog will ever have. In fact, it for me it tops. It's the a lifesaver. It tops the list. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Housebreaking is the other one. Ha- house training yeah. is certainly important. But but the one of the things that tops the list for me is that I want a dog that comes with their collar. It's very very important. So. 
like with the litter puppies that I had in my house, mm-hmm. I started yeah, teaching you them started that before they even, yeah, Absolutely. before they left the house. And most of them, when they went, actually all of them, when they went to their new home, they actually had a recall. They had a, a, a reliable recall and actually quite good recall. And the way that you start teaching that is, is twofold. One is when, when you first bring your puppy home, what you're going to want to do is say that puppy's name, oh, I don't know, about five million times an hour. Please avoid Don't do doing that. <laughs> don't do that. How many times have you heard me say Kim's name during this podcast? Pause cast, pardon me. <laughs> zero. Zero, right. zero. Because when you use somebody's name that much, they start to tune you out. That's right. That's they right. learn that it means nothing. It has no effect on them whatsoever. And especially animals because we, they don't talk all the time. We talk all the time. And so they're... Tuning us out a big percentage of the time anyway. So it's just another blah, blah. So you need to teach your puppy from the day that it comes in that when you say its name, it means something special. And to do that is to not say its name all the time. (laughs) To only say the the puppy's name when you have something that that needs to happen. When you want him to look at you. Right. That's what his name means is look at me for further instruction. That's right. I'm talking to you. It's information. I'm talking to you. You're the one I'm talking to here. So if you use the puppy's name continuously and you don't really give them any information, they're very quickly going to learn, my name doesn't really mean anything. That word doesn't mean anything because they're not even thinking my name. That's right. They don't know it's their name. That's right. They're just going that, well, whatever it is she's saying means nothing to me. It has no consequence, no nothing. And the same thing could apply to whatever the word is that you want to teach your puppy for a recall. I use come, Mm -hmm. but some people say here whatever the word is that you use, that's another word that you do not want to overuse that word. You want to make sure that that word has meaning. And if you start if you start implanting that word with meaning from the very beginning, when your puppy first comes into your home, you're going to find that you get a really um, reliable recall. So the way to do that, the way that I do that with a young puppy, is I wait until the puppy has nothing to do and there's nothing going on and nothing has its interest and it's kind of looking around for something and I'll call the puppy, I'll use his name and I'll call him, come! And I'll clap my hands, make it sound very, very happy, come on! I may even move away a little bit and I'll get his attention and he'll come running towards me and I'll make a big deal about how wonderful they are and probably have a treat. I probably am going to give him a mm-hmm. treat. But even if I don't give him a treat, when they're very, very young as babies, they will do this just oh, to yeah. get attention. Yeah. And so you start rubbing them, telling them how wonderful they are. And, and they're you, going, wow, this is pretty fun. I love that word. That word means that I just run to you and you give me lots and lots of attention. Right. Right. This is so cool. Now, the way that you can shoot yourself in the foot with this is if you wait until the puppy's busy even, doing something. Yes. Even mildly engrossed and interested in something else. Yeah. And you try to call him away from something that he finds interesting. Resist the urge when you first bring a puppy home to use a recall as if it has any meaning at all. You're really just teaching. You, and you want to make the association really positive. So the puppy, when he hears that word, thinks, it's a party. I'm sure this happens to you as well. I get phone calls from people, and they have a puppy that they've had for two weeks. And they want him trained because he doesn't listen. <laughs> And I say, well, what do you mean he doesn't listen? Is he deaf? And they say, no, he doesn't listen. He doesn't come with him. He doesn't sit when I tell him to. And I say, well, how much training have you done? Well, none. Shouldn't he just know these? I don't know why, but people think that a dog should just come when he's called and sit when he's told. Despite his age, despite the fact that they've done nothing 
to I don't know. It's just, like people think that there's there's this innate come and sit switch. Despite the fact that this is a totally human concept. Yeah. The dogs don't know. They don't care. I watched Mama Dog. She never taught them to sit on computers. She didn't go, this is how you do it. See the bum? It goes on the ground. And, and only the people I'm... are going to tell you this. This is what you do. And and when she called them to her, believe me, she only called them rarely. And when she did, she meant what she was saying. She didn't constantly call them, call them, call them, call them, call them, call them, call them. Right, right. Call them. It was, it was and then a, go, oh, good, you're here. That's right. It, it had meaning. It had meaning. Yeah. So she did follow what I'm talking about. And if you, if you work with a young puppy, as I said, all my puppies, when they went to their homes, they had recalls. Yeah. They had lovely recalls, and many times better recalls than the dogs that actually lived in the lived homes. Lived in the homes already. <laughs> Prior to them. Yeah. Because, because I worked with it, and the only thing I did was take them out, and usually, by the way, I did not work with them in a group. It's very, very difficult to start working with puppies in a group. Took them out by themselves while they were looking around and exploring. I didn't say anything. As soon as the puppy looked up looking for the next big thing, I enthusiastically said the puppy's name, come on, and clapped my hands. It sounded really excited, and they came running over, and I would love, 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 love on them. And it became this thing that they started to really, really feel good about. So that's the way to start teaching a recall. What are your tips that you usually give your puppy poop? We're not going to, by the way, go into housebreaking. No. Because that's, that's a totally, that's a such a specific setup given you know how your house is set up and the scenario and how often you work and you know if you can have a somebody come by in the middle of the day to take the puppy out that's just such a huge very specific customized deal that's what it is exactly it's customized thank you yeah. i'm surprised i thought of that, that word that was perfect <laughs> i was searching searching i was searching, searching for it too it yeah is. it finally popped up yes it's a very customized thing and so to try to give a generalized idea of how to go about it first of all there are a lot of things written about it but beyond that part of the reason that those things break down is because it is a customized thing right. it needs to suit your household but but in general you have to remember as far as house training goes that your job is to be educational not punitive the dog doesn't know he's doing something wrong and getting mad at him for it. I mean, think about it, especially those of you who have kids out there. When you're potty training a child, do you get mad at them? I don't have kids, but my sisters have kids, and I've seen how they do it. And, you know, it's educational. It's not punitive. You don't stick their nose in it. You don't get mad at them for having an accident. If they had an accident, it's because you weren't doing your job. That's right. That's right. House, house, training, what is that? house training is your job not theirs. They will get it if you do your job well. But again, we're not going to go into the specifics of that because it has to be done right. But I think it's a really good tip to say, look, it's, it shouldn't be punitive. It's right. not about running around... Um, Telling the dog, no, 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 no. Or or getting angry at the dog because they do something that comes very naturally to them. Yeah. It's about you teaching them where they do need to go. It's about you rewarding them for going at the right place and being in the right place at the right time. So what other things do, what other tips do you give puppy puppy owners? New puppy owners. Um new puppy owners, I tell them play with their dogs a lot cuz it's just so much fun. <laughs> I tell them actually I tell them don't spend every waking moment with the dog. I think the dog needs to be comfortable being on their own, you know, I think the puppy needs to especially because you and I know that People tend to get new dogs. You know, they might plan for it, but they plan for it at a time when they're on 
Christmas vacation or Easter break or during the summer, right. you know, when they're going to be home for two weeks or even a long weekend, a three- or four-day weekend, and then they bring the puppy home and they don't even go out to the grocery store. They don't go to dinner. They don't go to this the movies. They don't, they don't nothing. They spend every single second at home with the dog. And then what happens? Then the time comes for them to go back to work, and the puppy's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean I have to be here by myself? This is not the life you told me you set me up for. That's right. So it's very important that when you bring a dog into your home that your schedule be pretty much the same as it's going to be because we don't want the puppy having unrealistic expectations. Also, when you bring a puppy home, in uh, there is a really important – in fact, maybe we'll do a separate podcast about this, about how to go podcast. about – Podcast? Podcast, excuse me, about how to go about socializing <laughs> a young puppy. Yeah. But how to go about it – in a smart way so that you don't overwhelm the puppy yeah. because what people tend to do also is they bring a new puppy home and they're very excited about it understandably it's right. the cutest thing in the whole wide world and they want to show it off to all their friends and especially the little tiny tiny breeds you know chihuahuas yorkshires that kind of stuff that are just so easy to carry around mm-hmm. they carry them around and they don't notice what is going on with the dog that it, this is exhaustive. Yeah. That the, that the it's puppy stressful. is Yes. It's stressful. Yes. So I think you're right. I think we should do a, a separate podcast for that. Okay. So look for that upcoming podcast. Yes. We will do a podcast specifically on socialization because that's one of the main things that you, you really do need to focus on when you bring a new puppy home is, is how to go about bringing that puppy into the world and teaching it about new things without... Without overwhelming it, without making it fearful of new things, because you can actually oversensitize a dog. You know, there's something called desensitization, where you get the dog so it's not a big deal, but then at the same time, if you if you do it incorrectly, you can oversensitize the dog. So now any little bit of that thing you were trying to desensitize him to sends him over the edge. Absolutely, you're right. I mean, I I think um, I think that that unfortunately people tend to go one of two ways. They either bring that puppy home and the vet scares the heck out of them and they don't want to take the puppy anywhere yeah. and they give it zero outside of experiences. And then when it finally gets to the place where they're ready to take it out into the world, it, it's too it late, has almost. no clue yeah. and it's, everything is very scary to yeah. it. And it has no coping no skills. Exactly. It has no coping skills for that. Or they take it out so much that um, that they just overwhelm it. They, they yeah. just flood it with so many things that it's not ready to handle. And, by the way, puppies, just like children, need sleep. They need periods of rest. They need periods where they are left without stimulation so that they can recharge their batteries. And those periods need to come frequently. And just like with kids, a lot of times when a puppy is overtired, they will get mouthy. They will get obnoxious. They will get much more active, even though they're they're really tired. Because they're miserable. Because, they're, yeah, because they don't know what else to do. They're uncomfortable. That's right. Okay, so we will, I guess, cover this some more yeah. in the future. But hopefully that's given people some information about how to go about bringing that puppy home. And hopefully it's discouraged people from taking puppies when they're too young. That's yes. a big pet peeve of mine. It is. It's Yes, it is a big, big pet peeve of hers. I've heard her <laughs> rant about it for a while. I've seen how damaging it can be. <laughs> All right. Thank you again for joining us. This is Laura Burhenny from Animal Attraction Unlimited. And Kim Reinhardt with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. Thank you. You have been listening to Doggy Dish, a podcast series about dog training and other related issues. To suggest a topic for a future segment, please email us at 
dogdishtopics at yahoo.com. To learn more about our featured trainers, or if you're interested in training for your own dog and you live in the Los Angeles area, you may contact Laura or Kim directly. To speak with Laura, call 818-800-4818 or visit her website at www.petdogtrainer.com. To speak with Kim, call 818-890-1133 or visit her website at www.beagooddog.com. Thank you for listening.